It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. We are really having a great time this month as we are in our second month of Equipped our uh, new series on really digging into the Word of God on our own personally through the Reads uh, Bible study method. And if you haven't caught up with us as we've been doing this uh, through the month of March and April now, check out episode 92 on Beyond the Building because it will give you really the the launching place for what is going on here as we dig into God's Word in our personal quiet times and then share it with you. We've all been given this amazing tool. You know, God gives us his Word and he doesn't give it to us, so we just read it, close it, and walk away. He wants to speak to us. He wants to change us. We want to be transformed by it, and we want to become more and more into the image of Christ, right? Created in the image of Christ as we dive into his word together. So I hope that you are joining along with us and reading these passages with us. Today we're in Mark 6. We're starting in verse 30 and we're going to verse 44. It's a well-known story, the story uh, story of the feeding of the 5,000. But Deb, I mean, you know, and our listeners know too, that it is in the most familiar stories, right? That God continues to mm-hmm. speak new words. All because it's a familiar story doesn't mean that we're not going to receive fresh revelation. So I'm going to let you start, Deb. You want to yep. share? Uh, yep. We're going to talk about reading the passage and then we're going to go on from there as we follow along in this procedure. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a big passage again, Lara. So I'm going to actually focus on the couple scriptures that I'm going to end up sharing about, you know, so just highlighting some things. Uh, it starts in verse 30, but I just need to preface it because context is important. Um, what happens right before this feeding of the 5000 story? Jesus here gets word that John the Baptist has been beheaded and and this is someone he loves. This is family. And his heart is broken over this news. You ever get that kind of news where something's just breaking your heart and you kind of need a little time to yourself to process it. That's where Jesus is. So picking up in verse 30, it says the apostles gathered around Jesus and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. Now they had also just been sent out by Jesus to do all these miracles, you know, to heal the sick and cast out demons. So there's, there's a lot of news. They are excited to say, Hey, this is, we want you to listen to everything we have to tell you about what happened. But meanwhile, his heart is heavy because John has been beheaded. So here they are gathering around him and verse 31, it says there then because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and they ran on foot from all the towns and they got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and he saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things <laughs> like, all right, let me just put myself in his shoes, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm grieving. I need a little space to grieve, but my disciples are all jacked up and want to talk about what they just experienced. Let's get away to a quiet place. Let's try to be intentional, be by ourselves, but everybody's hounding us and they're running to meet us there. It'd be like, I would be like, let's just put an anchor out in the middle of the body of water 
and yeah. stay out here. But yeah. instead he comes in and his heart is full of compassion. And then that leads into the rest of the story, which you're going to talk about where he, he doesn't get that solitary time and he's actually able to give in an, an abundant way. But I don't think he, I don't think emotionally he had a whole lot, a lot of reservoir there to work from. That's right. Well, as we go through the story, and I'm going to come back to verse 35 in a minute, because that's really where I landed um, as I was reading this, what, what got highlighted for me. But as we go through the story, we know that the disciples are kind of like, the people need to eat, and what are we going to do? And, and Jesus tells the people, the disciples, that they are the ones who are going to be feeding the people. And we'll go back to that conversation in just a minute because we have to see how the rest of the story unfolds before we go back to the uh, disciples' conversation with Jesus. But we know from the story, it's a familiar story, uh, somebody comes out, right, who has the loaves. They have five loaves of bread plus a couple of fish. And we know that Jesus instructs them to organize the crowd, have them sit down in groups uh, on the mountainside. And we know that everybody who was hungry, everybody who had a need, had their needs met because Jesus saw them, had compassion on them, and provided for them what they needed that day uh, for their physical needs. Now, when we go back to the conversation, because of course the disciples have no idea that there is a, a breaking and blessing miracle ahead. They have no idea that these people are going to have something that Jesus is going to multiply into enough food for 5,000 people, so much that there's leftovers at the end. They have no idea what's going to happen. But if we take it back a step further, and I love what you shared, Deb, about context here, the disciples have just been out without Jesus doing the things that Jesus did. They're out uh, seeing demons leave people. They're out seeing people healed and set free. And Jesus is releasing them to go on their own and do what they're called to do because Jesus knows that he is not going to be physically among them for much longer. And so he's releasing them to go do the thing by themselves. And so they come back and they're so excited because, wow, they just did the things that Jesus did, but they did them without Jesus presently there. They were operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And here they come back. And this is where verse 35 picks up for me. Late that afternoon, his disciples said, now his disciples are talking to Jesus, it's getting really late and we're here in this remote place with nothing to eat. And and this just is where I laugh. So the disciples say to Jesus, you should send the crowds away so that they can go into the surrounding villages and buy food for themselves. And so I stop right there and I think about all of the times that there has been lack in my life or not enough in my life, whether it's emotional or spiritual or physical or whatever. And I, I, I go to the father and I say, God, like you should. you should, right? Like you should provide some fish here. You should provide some bread here. You should make this situation right. And so just like me, the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like, you should. And Jesus says, uh, well, you give them something to eat. And that is just a, a line we hear a lot. It's very profound. But the disciples say to Jesus, are you sure you really want us to go and do it? And what I find profound about this is they have just come back from doing what God sent Jesus sent them to do healing and seeing people set free where Jesus said, go and do. And they obediently did. And now he's just saying, would you feed the people? And they're saying, I think you should do that. Jesus, are you sure that you really think we're up for the task? Okay. You know, I think of resources. You're saying, 
we always put it back on Jesus. You yeah. should do this because we look at, we just assume we know he has more than we have. Yep. Right. But I think when we start putting that, you should do this, Jesus, you should do it is yep. because we're forgetting that he does it through us. Yes. It's not us doing it. I mean, look what the disciples said. They said the amount of resources that we, that it would cost to feed all these people, it would be the equivalent of like more than a half a year of wages to feed all of these yeah. people for one meal. So when we start looking at why we are inadequate, Yes. Because we're looking at our resources and we are forgetting that everything that we do is enabled by the father. Well, we're, exactly. We're tap, tapping in on his resources. Otherwise, if we, like the disciples, they, they were forgetting that piece of it. Like it was because of the authority Jesus gave them why they were even able to go out and cast out demons and heal the sick because he gave them authority. So why couldn't he give them authority here? Exactly. And I almost, I almost can picture, uh, like maybe saying Jesus thinking, I am the one doing it, right? right. I'm just doing it through you. Right, right. right. So like, right. I am the one doing it. So let's, let's continue with the story disciples, like get on board and, and do what you've been called to do. And so I look at this and I see that Jesus has a task for his people to accomplish something. He wants them to meet the people with compassion in the same way that he has met the co people with compassion, but they immediately come up with excuses on why they are not up for the task. And so Jesus sends them to the people to receive what is what they have, what they can find uh, in the task with the same compassion. And I think also there's a there's a perspective here as Jesus is looking out on the crowds, he's seeing compassion on their spiritual needs, right? And on their mm -hmm. physical needs. He's yeah. concerned with it all. But he's ultimately seeing compassion on their spiritual needs. He wants the people to stay, right? So that their spirits will be met. And the disciples still aren't all the way there yet. And they're looking out. Um, looking at the physical need. Mm -hmm. and, and I love this because, you know, how much, how many times is bread talked about in the Bible and manna in the Old Testament? Manna met them for a day. They weren't, they weren't uh, supposed to have manna, you know, first day's manna on second day or it would go bad. When Jesus, the bread of life comes in and, and does this miracle with multiplication of broken bread, it's just such a, a picture to the disciples. Probably later on, they're going to recognize this. Oh my goodness. When he fed the, the 5,000 with broken bread, like he was the bread of life. He is the bread of life. His body was broken. And just like the manna could only last for a day, right? The bread of life, when we receive the bread of life, it is it is broken. It is multiplied with plenty left over. And it is, it's alive and active for eternity. So I think there's just so many takeaways from this. But I, I, I'm just really, um, in the examination part here, just really focusing on the fact that the disciples have so many excuses on why the job can't be done through them. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, Jesus wants to meet the people with compassion through his empowered people. Mm -hmm. You know, as you move from reading to examine to application, again, it's like one line. What's the one key takeaway? And, and just a reminder for me, God's been focusing on the resources, right? He, the, the resources that he was feeling emotionally mm. tired and, you know, grieving and, and wanting some time alone with the disciples, a little bit of space, you know, and mm. not having space and, and feeling like he didn't have a full reserve. Like that would be my impression, right? Mm. If I was in his shoes, I would feel like I didn't have a lot of reserve. And yet he had enough reserve that compassion fueled his response to the Amen. people, Amen. people that were really just coming towards him to get something. Yep. 
right? They really were just coming to get something. Then sometimes you feel like, you know, could you just go home and take care of yourself? Yep. 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 But so my application was Debbie, I need to remember that when I am intimately connected to the father, I will always have enough. That was, that was Jesus's secret. And I'll share more of that in the the dialogue, but the key is when I'm intimately connected to the father, I will always have enough. Yep. Mine was, I need to remember to be filled with compassion like Jesus, especially when I'm feeling weary or like I don't have what it takes for the task. Mm. I think, I think in those times we do tend to focus on ourselves instead of what he can do through us. Right. Right. Because we're looking in the natural, mm-hmm. at what we're feeling or seeing. Yep. So dialogue is where you ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me specifically, you know, for this? And this is a reading right from a journal. Debbie ministry is one of the most exciting, fulfilling, draining, overwhelming, and frustrating calls on a person. People have so many desperate needs on so many levels, you know, spiritually they're in battles with an unseen enemy. And so often people are trying to fight that, that enemy without their armor on. He said that people have emotional needs. There's so many hurts that have been built up over time. And there's so many physical, like tangible needs because they're living in a, a fallen world. Socially, they have needs. They need instructions on how to find their place or how to have healthy relationships. And mentally, they have needs. They're impacted significantly by everything I just mentioned, right? All the above affects their mental health. And people are complicated and they are uh, constantly caring for their needs can be exhausting. He goes, I get it. (laughs) Remember Mm. what I saw, what you saw in my life and how I was able to beautifully care for the multitudes. He Mm. goes, Here are the four secrets. Number one, I regularly took time to be away one-on-one with the father. That's Jesus saying that to me, right? I did that. Number one. Number two is I only did what the father told me to do. So I only said yes to ministry that I was instructed to say yes to. Not every need is yours to focus on. Number three is what you see with your natural eye what makes sense to you is not what I see. I actually really see what is possible. Mm. And, and four, if you're careful to follow steps one to three, this is how I talk to me, you know, you'll stay in the center of my will. And like you teach about the importance of being right in the middle of the will, there will always be enough. Mm. He said, in fact, you don't even have just enough. You'll have more than enough. You'll have 12 baskets. We'll have 12 baskets left over Amen. kind of enough. So to me, God was just saying, take a look at how, I, what I modeled. I have intimacy with the father as my normal go-to. And then he only is involved in ministry that the father was telling him to say yes to. He also did not look at each circumstance with a natural eye, but with a spiritual eye. Amen. What's there. And because of that, those three things, he never lacked. He had exactly Amen. what he needed to meet any of those levels of needs that he described. Amen. Uh, For dialogue for me, it was Laura, I want you to know that you've been following me for a long time and I've met you over and over again. As I've now called you to break the bread, allow my heart of compassion in you to meet people where they are. I am going to break into your story with new loaves and fish moments. Mm. You will feel like you don't have what you need but you will have baskets left over. So mm. kind of a similar idea there, Deb, but just that Jesus is, um, you know, lots of different moments in the word of God where we see miracles take place. It's the same power, right? 
loaves and fish moments, a miracle. What's the next miracle that Jesus is going to do? And so, mm-hmm. uh, and we can go into a lot of different things with this story, but, um, when Jesus decides to break and multiply, right, we want to be a part of what he's doing. We don't always know <laughs> what that breaking is going to be all about or what that multiplication is going to look like. But yeah, I'm excited to see what he has to say. I didn't get any more than that, but, um, uh, Basket left over sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just I'm hearing. I'm, you know, you and I are talking about this uh, offline from the podcast as well, and we have had some similar journeys over the years where God speaks to us through His Word and through His Spirit, and we just look at each other and go, "Wow, isn't that interesting?" Yes, we we have different stories, but very similar journeys. And I don't know between last week with the soils, yes, you know, and 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 then now it's kind of like. All right, so God, what is next? There's something. Yes. There's God. Is there, there's a next, which is good yes. because growth always should be your mo, right? You're always yeah, supposed absolutely. to be growing. But That's right. But you and I are both scratching our heads, going, "Hmm, what is next?" <laughs> we're we're on Zoom right now, and we're looking at each other as yeah, we're reading going, our things, going, "Huh." Huh. All right, this is pretty. This is about us, right? This is about right, us, right? Thanks for listening. So let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget the final parts. The S is part of uh, the read, seeing the spirit. Now, that's kind of interesting for me. I saw like a like a target, you know, like a archery, like a, a target with the bullseye, but it was on the ground and I was sitting in the center circle of the bullseye and there were rings, like different colored rings that went out all around me and I, I couldn't tell what they were. I was like, Father, what are those rings? And he goes, they are resources. He goes, I'm seeing rings of resources mm. that you don't see yet. He said, but as long as you stay, hit the mark, like stay right in the center of my will, you will have enough. There's resources that Amen. you're not aware of, but I see them and, and they are positioned, ready to pour into your life. But you have to stay in the middle of that ring. Amen. So that that was the key so yeah, for me. Be like Jesus and take that time with him and only say yes to what he tells me to say yes to. And, Amen. and there will always be enough. Amen. Well, mine, mine's pretty simple because we're talking about the loaves and the fishes story. Uh, when I asked the Lord for a picture, it was a large round basket like you would imagine in the loaves and fishes story, right? Big, thick, uh, woven kind of thing made out of wood or branches or something. And I could see inside of this large round basket that there were things inside, but I couldn't see what they were. And so I asked the Lord, um, what are the things inside of the basket? And he said, um, these things are not ready yet to be revealed. So that's kind of what I got from the picture. Uh, and I, I, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I, I do see a trend. I'm excited about it. But I also do love, I love that. I love the fact that I don't have to know what's in the basket. Right, right. Because he's got he's got the basket and he's in control. Mm-hmm. So yeah, eye-opening, Debbie, really. I'm, I'm so grateful for this this tool. Man, Laura, so we have just officially wrapped up two months of Equipped. At this point, we've uh, taken a whole lot of look at different scriptures and, you know, we're just going to put a thought out there. This is, this is the way I have my quiet time. It is just, it's the, it's the tool that I use all the time, mm-hmm. regardless of what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. And I have done this for probably 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. And so just because we finished this for two months, right? I would encourage folks don't neglect this tool. Because I think you're seeing how it takes the word of God and it gives you a good study of it. And then the rhema word, the personal Mm -hmm. word, as you meditate on the word meditation, 
leads to his revelation of that rhema word. And then there's transformation to change. And so we really encourage our listeners, even though next month in May, we're going to go to a new topic. Um, don't stop using this tool in your quiet time. You will be shocked at how God will give you something in the moment. Like you talked about manna, right? He will give you the manna, the, the bread that you need for that day. But sometimes it's like a day six that you need it for day seven. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he's going to pour into you for what you need in the future. Mm-hmm. So boy, this is, I've loved doing this. Laura, it's been kind of fun just to be surprised been. by what the Lord has given you. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, again, nine episode 92. If you want to share this series with somebody else, because now you're saying, I get it. Now I see how important that's why you talk about this all the time. Go back to (laughs) give your friends episode 92 first. That's That's where you start. That's where you start. So from Lara and I, we just want to thank you so much for being part of the beyond the building community. Uh, We, we appreciate you. We love you. And we are here to support you in a growth pattern. All of us are in this together. So uh, for today, we look, we say thanks for listening and we look forward to having you join us again at the beginning of may i can hardly believe may is crazy yes yes all right thank you everybody all right take care we believe that god will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today thank you for joining us until next time remember you were created for more